This is Special Edition iFanboy Podcast, Batman Ninja. Special Edition iFanboy Podcast on Batman Ninja. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is the Animation Brain Trust. Ryan Haupt. Konnichiwa, Connor-san. And Paul Montgomery. Konnichiwa, Connor-san. And we're here to talk about Batman Ninja, which was a DC animated release, not part of the animated original line, but DC animated movie line, kind of like the Batman 66 films. These are just sort of special one-off You will find this films. is very much its own thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So this is uh, directed by Junpai Mazuzaki. Right. And the screenplay is by Kazuki Nakashima or Leo Chu and Eric S. Garcia, depending on which version you watch. We're going to talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. And this was basically Warner Brothers giving Batman to one of the top uh, anime houses in Japan and saying, run with it. From everything I've read, they basically were totally hands-off on it. And... Uh, a friend of ours, Mike Romo, who's sometimes guest in the podcast, he's a big anime fan, and, and uh, when I showed it to him, he was very excited. He 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 borrowed it from me and ran off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what we have here is a is an anime re- reimagining of Batman, I guess. Sure. So the big question is, before we get into the film itself, and there's a spoiler warning, I'll put some spoilers because it's it's going to be too hard not to talk about what happened in the movie. <laughs> Which version did you watch? Because apparently, the, which version you watched? Well, we could be talking about two different films here. So I watched the uh, English dub. Okay, I did too. Right. Same. Okay, so okay, we all watched the same so, film because apparently, right? From what I just read before doing the show, the script's ninety percent different depending on which version you watched. Yeah, which I'm, I'm upset now because like I I rented it on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. digitally. and that's what I've been doing with these movies, and I noticed that it said it includes both the English version and the Japanese version. I didn't know when I when I first rented it. Um, I didn't know until today that, like you said, there are two different versions. Basically, Leo Chu and Eric Garcia reconfigured the whole thing. And so it's not just a dub. It's a completely different version of the film. It's yeah. like recut it into something else, too. Yeah. The visuals are the same. It's just that the script's totally different. So basically... Uh, American animation starts with the script, and then they work from there, whereas in Japanese animation, the script is like the last thing that's done. So they had to start writing it before the script was done in Japan, and then when they, they said once they got the script, a lot of it didn't work for American audiences, and things didn't make sense, so they, they just had to rewrite so this, it. So this is what they came up with? I was curious if they actually reconfigured, like they actually moved things around, but I, I don't know. Because my, my rental period on the movie has passed, so I didn't get a chance to revisit uh, the Japanese version. So it's, it's basically they give you one big file. So it's like you get the, the, the dubbed version, the American version first, and then after the credits it goes into the Japanese version. So I hadn't watched that, and my rental ended on it. So, um, But I'm now kind of curious to see the Japanese version, see how much crazier it is. So, okay, so we all watched the same version. That's good. So right. then we can talk about the same story because that would have been funny. Maybe you can tell us in the comments if you watch both versions what some of the differences are. So, um, 
this morning might have been a bad time. Well, I watched it this morning. This morning <laughs> might have been a bad time to start microdosing LSD, but I, that's what I felt like happened <laughs> while watching this movie. Can I try to summarize the plot? Yeah, before you do, I'm just going to say I thought this was terrific fun. It's nuts, but I had a great time watching it. Yes. All right, Ryan, you, you, you summarize. I will try. Batman fighting Gorilla Grodd accidentally gets sent back in time to the Sengoku period of medieval Japan, where a bunch of his villains have become shogunates of various parts of Japan uh, with the Joker as the emperor. And That's so, because the time machine was in Arkham Asylum when it went off. So all the people in Arkham Asylum went back in time. As well as all of the Bat family and Catwoman. And all of the Robins. All and, of the male Robins. And, Alfred. and Alfred. And Alfred. <laughs> He's only interested in food in ancient Japan, which I adored about him. And then, yeah, there's a series of, of mishaps. There's a, a bat-based ninja clan. There's. So, I thought we were going to get a training montage, but then it was just a very quick series of conversations about a training montage. <laughs> and uh, eventually, Joker uses his future knowledge to build giant robots that fight. And um, Batman turns into a bat god based on the original 1940s costume. And they eventually defeat Gorilla Grodd and go back to the future. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the high level. For yeah, sure. There's, <laughs> there's a fun section of the Wikipedia article that I'd, I'd just like to read. So what, the one thing that you left out is that everyone except for Batman, who is involved in this time, time warp, ends up there... At a certain date, and then Batman arrives two years later because he's delayed by two seconds going into the, you know, time, time whirlpool yeah. or whatever, uh, into the singularity. So he actually arrives two years later. So that in that amount of time, um, the Bat rogues have basically cut up Japan into four different sections or territories, and they're all trying to unify Japan as as one yeah everyone's had to live there for a while yeah. and, and everyone's and had to live there including catwoman assimilate to the culture and and the, it's not like batman who's you know marty mcfly at a time it's everyone's been living there for a while and has become fully uh in the culture of japan damien got a haircut and a monkey he got a monkey that he can communicate with uh monk chichi a manchichi um, it looks exactly like a manchichi doll yeah first of all i thought this was gorgeous the animation side was really interesting because yeah. it, it seemed computer done. The characters themselves, the character models are sort of 3D rendered and yeah, the backgrounds kind of, are two-dimensional. It almost had like a mocap feel, but it also switched up its style a lot too. Yeah, there's a there's a section that's in sort of a watercolor yeah. uh, featuring the red hood uh, curb stomping some farmers that he assumes <laughs> to be the Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, and it's very uncomfortable, even though you find out that they are the Joker and Harley Quinn living in the country. They're just farming. They're just peaceful farmers. They're just farmers. It's uh, and and the Red Hood has a very disturbing, um, tall red sort of helmet. Like it's like a basket that he wears on his head. There's the the character designs, which are by Takashi Okazaki, who created Afro Samurai, uh, are really fascinating because you have you have all four male Robins in the mix, which they didn't have to do, no. but. I think they wanted to sell more uh, stylized action figures. So <laughs> also allowed them to each split up and fight a different villain show. This is at, true. The, uh, this is the true. Um, but I, I, I want to read this this section. Um, the Bat Family saves Catwoman and Grodd before the Joker merges all of the castles into the super robot Lord Joker. An injured Grodd gives Batman control of his army of monkeys. 
Uh, Robin enables them to merge into one giant samurai monkey to battle the Joker's robot. The samurai monkey then <laughs> combines with a swarm of bats to form the Bat God to defeat Lord Joker for the Bat family storm into the castle to battle the villains. So that's just that's the craziest section. Like, yes. they, like Two-Face, Poison Ivy, Penguin, uh, and Deathstroke all have their own sort of like Japanese-style castle that is itself a mech unit, a giant battling mech. And then they Voltron together to form a giant Lord Joker mech. Yeah. And then the Bat family don't have mechs. They do have the Batmobile for a while, which went through the time stream. But eventually they have to use basically ninja skills and then monkeys that form into giant like it's it's like a bunch of monkeys formed together to make a giant monkey. Can like, monkeys do that? Like, and the, well, the monkeys obviously they can. Um, no, ants can though. That's true about ants, but sure. not necessarily monkeys. Wait, ants but, can form the, a giant ant? Yeah, they, well, they can, can form, form a giant like a ball bridge. and move and bridges and stuff and move around. Yeah. Like if they need to get like if they need to make like a ladder to get up from the ground to like a leaf or something, they can film like it's like a, it's, it's like um, uh, World War Z where all the zombies pile on top of each they other. They can also make they can also make floating spheres, Paul, to get across water. I'm not going outside anymore. That's cool. <laughs> also, I look I looked it up, Paul. I think the kind of hat that Red Hood is wearing, and I'm sure someone will know this in the comments, is a Komuso ten guy hat for a Japanese Zen monk, but a really tall version of one. It's just, it's just, it's a very, it's a very interesting design, he's and not zen. it's, um, he's very not zen. It's interesting what? though, uh, at least in the English dub, uh, he shares a voice actor with Damien. So Damien and Red Hood have the same, or Damien and Jason have the same voice actor. Will Friedel is, Well, hold on, uh, that makes sense because they're both assholes, right? <laughs> he's not. Wait, you well, pronounce Damien Friedel? I always thought it was Friedel. Friedel, um, I think it's Friedel. Okay, Will Friedel. Who does, um, I think he does uh, model painting YouTube things now. Oh, really? Like he does little miniatures and like he paints them and he does like little tutorials where he brings he's, in experts and that's his Tim YouTube Drake series. This, this film. Yeah, so he's, he is, yes, well, he's, Tim Drake. he's done voices before. He he's was Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Yeah, so, yeah, I just, I'm, but he was, just, he was like, Dick Grayson in and a bunch of other stuff too. He's been Dick Grayson mm-hmm. a, bunch, a bunch of times. But my favorite character redesign is Alfred because you don't think anything's different. He's just wearing a Western style, you know, uh, suit and tails. But then he turns and you see that he's a tiny little ponytail. <laughs> well, he's been there for two years. This is all a concession. Yeah, well, I'm, I just I just think it's fascinating because like like Damien has a very extreme like he has like parts of his uh, his head are bald and then he has tufts of hair like around his ears and stuff. So in in sort of different like like Ninja Clan styles, Tim Drake does as well and. Pretty much everybody has an interesting redesign, and then you're like, "Oh, Alfred's just Alfred," but then he turns, and it, it's just in some some shots you can see that he has a tiny little ponytail, which I thought was cute. I mean, he's busy working on his miso fish soup. It's hard to even like review this like we would a regular animated film because it's almost more about the spectacle of it than it is about kind of, yeah, yeah. the story. It's kind of one Deus Ex Machina after another. Like every time something happens, something bigger has to come along and one up the ridiculousness of it all. Um, yeah, in a way I, that I, I kind of found endearing. It's also I find that if you if you ask someone what who doesn't watch anime what anime is, this is how they would describe it. 
Like, because this is the most anime anime <laughs> I've seen in ages. Well, you're um, a big anime guy, or at least you were as a younger man. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. Well, I, so what did I, you think I, of it in the, I really in the Pantheon? So I, I, I think stylistically, just this really interesting. Um, there's some crazy over-the-top stuff where it's where it's spectacle, like you said. Like, And, they, they you know, they all have names for their different castle mechs, and they shout the name of that, and then, like, crazy name for a move. For it to do, and it's just like it's something that you'd see, you know, out of like a Gundam video game or something. Right. But then there's also like just like uh, really artful stuff, like the Joker and Batman's final duel uh, on the roof of this castle. Ninja and fight. This, their this, third, this their ninja third fight. final duel of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's and it's like that. There's just the way it's um. The, the way it, I want to say the way it's shot, the, the way it's choreographed, it's a really cool just sword fight. Um, and, but also with like tricks, like ninja tricks. Uh, oh, but how make, much did you love every time Batman changed costumes? They will always do the freeze frame, and they did this for all the characters. Ba- yes. Batman was the only one who got it multiple times because he would, he came in his very high tech modern costume, but none of his like satellite uplinks were working and none of his connectivity, you know, he was out of signal. He didn't have the LTE, it was a disaster. <laughs> and, um, he so he you know he starts shredding pieces of his costume as they get damaged or cease functioning in the past, and so like eventually we get full on Son Goku Batman and then we get Batman Ninja and it's like oh it's so much fun and they get the little freeze frame with the with the lettering it's great. I also really loved at the end when it, when it forms into the giant Batman, uh, it's basically the oh. original Batman costume. Yeah, the old nineteen forty costume. It's the, it's the finger Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it. I didn't know what I had no expectations going in. I wa- I think I. I guess I had watched the trailer. We were excited about it. We talked about this in previous episodes, um, mostly because uh, it seemed it seemed like it was going to be crazy, and also we were interested because Tony Hale was doing the Joker voice. So I thought we did a great job. Um, oh, man, yeah, he did do a great job. But I had no, real no expectations and didn't know what to expect. I knew I knew we had discovered that it, it wasn't like just an Elseworlds in which Batman is in Japan and he's Japanese. It's it was that it was he was sent back. Like they actually do the time travel thing. That's all I knew going into it and had no expectations otherwise. And it was I mean, like I said, I felt at times like a little bit like I was super high, but other times I was like, Wow, this is this is this is I'm enjoying this. This is entertaining. Yeah, there are definite like highs and lows to it. Like yeah. in the beginning, I was actually a little bit let down because I thought the dialogue was like really kind of hackneyed and and stuff. Um, especially like the, the bits where they're in the present day in Arkham and, you know, yes. Catwoman does like an opening narration and it's a lot of like cat puns and, um, it's, you know, it, it, you know, it, for the tone, it was, it was sort I'm of I'm saying like, the writers love those cat puns. Yeah. yeah. And so like the tone was, a, was a bit off, but then like the crazier it gets. And by the time Monchichi shows up, right. Um, I was like, okay, um, you know, this is, this is my kind of crazy and, um, just how hyperbolic and, and insane it gets. And then when you get to the, like, so I was like, all right, this is, this is nuts. I'm just going to have fun with this. Then you get to the red hood section and the, and the watercolor where, okay, some time has passed and Joker and Harley are missing. Um, we got to track down these other villains and stuff and they, and he finds, a f- uh, two Western farmers living in the countryside that look vaguely like Joker and Harley, and you can tell that it's the same voice actors mm-hmm. playing them. But the so animation like, style is different. Yeah. But you're like, you know, we've seen various versions of the unJokered Joker before, right? Um, and we've seen instances where uh, there are 
characters that could be somebody or, or might not. And so I, I wasn't sure which way they were going. Again, this is the refreshing thing of, of an original story that's not right. You don't know what's going to you know, happen. strictly based on something, not a one to one adaptation. And you're like, is he like going to murder these two people <laughs> that are just like innocents living in the countryside? And as it turns out, they are Joker and, and Harley in disguise. And but even still, it's like a very uncomfortable thing. And like this took a turn. Yeah. Um, and then it then it goes back to being, you know, crazy Voltron battles. And yeah, stuff. when the, when the style, our style changes, it, the tone changes. And, he, and I found myself enraptured by the art at that point. Uh-huh. Like it was, yeah. it, as you said earlier, it was sort of watercolor-esque, totally different from the rest of the film. I found myself marvel. I mean, I, even though, you know, I'm not a big anime guy, maybe this doesn't look as good as other animes, but I thought the quality was much higher than what you get normal these, these normal uh, Warner Brothers films. Even though they, they're animated quite well for the most part no I, I think especially in the in the action i think it's sort of when stuff slows down mm-hmm. uh, not that not uh, excluding the watercolor part where it's like it's sort of like a video game cutscene because they're just sort of like in world rendered mm-hmm. like batman in his armor it just he i i was like the part of me in the beginning wished that everything looked like the backgrounds did mm-hmm. with the, that 2d anime style but then you know as it as it moves on like it's it's kind of fun and and I did think about video games a lot because it was like, you know, they, they've, they've wrapped up the Arkham series of Batman video games at Rocksteady and, you know, they're going to be looking for new ways to, to use Batman. And so, like, this would have been a really fun game to play. Mm-hmm. And if it were a video game, some of the hackneyed dialogue wouldn't have bothered me. And it also would have been fun to play as these versions of the Robins and Catwoman and stuff. Well, they, I had that I mean, thought too. They are, they're making toys, as you said. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's not out of the realm of possibility, I mean, you know, that they're, they would do multiple would things be, with it. I think it would be super fun. I, I think it would be uh, just like a, uh, it's a, it's a good canvas, um, you know, to be able to, to have that selection of characters with those bad It's like, it's sort of like ready made to be just like a fun kind of button mash video game. Right. I mean, I'm really enjoying Tom King's run on Batman right now, but I think outside that comic, this was the most fun I've had with a Batman thing in a while. Oh, wow. Interesting. So you loved it. I really liked it. And I liked it for being significantly different than other Batman uh, media. Yeah, it's refreshing. I've I've read or absorbed recently. Yeah. What do we think of the voice acting? I think Tony so Hill was a standout. That was a standout, yeah. And everyone else was serviceable. I liked oh, that Ro- Roger Craig Smith was Batman. Uh, I liked that he w- it wasn't the regular guy. Was, I yeah, thinking. I don't think Conroy would have been a... No, not player. Conroy. The guy they've been using in all the films. Uh, the guy we can't remember. His name. I always the, forget. The TV actor, but like, I th- so. I'm just seeing it now that it was Roger Craig Smith. I yeah. thought it was Bruce Greenwood. Oh, interesting. Yeah, doing doing quality. a different different take. But actually, a lot of times Jason I said, like, O'Mara is the yeah. guy. We Jason O'Mara is the guy. That yeah. So, um, but I thought it was Bruce Greenwood doing a uh, Cranston. Oh, interesting. There were some. There were some places in his his, his grunting. It was like, like it just sounded like like Cranston and Breaking Bad. Well, speaking of uh, Cranston, who's done Gordon before, yeah. right? It, over the end credits, they had like a what it looked like when they came back to Gotham sequence. It seemed yes. like to me there was no dialogue, but it was just kind of quick shots of them appearing in their ninja gear in front of <laughs> in front of Gordon on top of the building next to the bat signal, and then well, like a smart way, a smart way of doing it. It was like, how are they going to end this? And like they very smartly just 
like cut to credits when they went through the the time. Thing. But then there was that weird post credit sequence. Did you guys get that? Or yes, yes, the mid credit yes. sequence where Batman destroys somebody else's car. <laughs> Bruce destroys somebody else's car in a horse drawn bat carriage. Well, that's the thing. So it it Catwoman it's brought an artifact back, so she sells it for a ton of money at a antique store, and then. Bruce has an event with the mayor, so he has to get his tuxedo on. But the, but then Alfred's. I mean, it was weird. Then Alfred says the only car, the only Batmobile available is this one. And there's just like two horses, just like like and, in Wayne Manor. And it's like a horse. Well, with, it's like a Flintstones a, car with the horses moving instead of the feet. But the thing is, like, why would he take a Batmobile anyway? He's in. Yeah, Bruce, it's got a giant bat symbol on it. Like it's, he's in Bruce gear. So yeah. So then the. Right. As you said, when he goes, when it when it makes the big turn because it's so wide that it knocks, it destroys a parked car. You can see him in there having tea. Yeah, it's 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 like a tea room platform, but it's it. There's a window on the side, so you can just see him in there in his tuxedo. Listen, I would love a horse-drawn tea carriage take me to work every day. I would totally use that, but. I am not currently a superhero trying to hide my secret identity from the world. And it was just, it was, I just laughed because it was so bizarre, um, which was kind of the tone for me of the entire film. So I thought that was a nice capper to the whole thing. It's wild. It's, it's, uh, it, it's just really fun. I, it doesn't pull any punches at all. It's just, it, it, like you think it's weird and then it gets weirder and then it gets weirder. Over <laughs> it doubles that. It down just, and doubles down and doubles yeah, it down. Just doubles it. down. Like uh, every time I thought that I was like, I, I was settling into the movie and I knew what it was, it, it actually surprised me and, and, and morphed into something else. And I think that's pretty cool. Right. Cause the first act kind of ends on a down note and you're like, Oh no, what will our heroes do? And then it's like, right. Oh, but here's a ninja clan they can train with. Oh, okay, good. We'll, we'll do that for a while. And then <laughs> off to the next set piece battle. Yeah, it's amazing that that ninja clan had a ninja god that looked just like Batman. <laughs> actually, that's really... actually my D and D character. Is <laughs> so, that was, so that was so that was so that was a question. Um, is is Aeon from anything? Is that a character that's ever appeared I... like in any uh... of Batman's Japanese adventures or anything like I that? I don't know. Like, I don't know because that that's the character who leaves the who leads the uh, the Bat Clan. Not that I'm aware of. It, the, the whole thing is basically reminded me of some. I mean, it's not Silver Agey, but sort of the crazy stories that they could do in you know years ago before things got super serious in comics, where Batman could go have a Japanese adventure for a while mm-hmm. and come back and go, "Oh, that was crazy," and then you know keep going. I would say I could see I could see Grant Morrison having written this yes. as an arc, you know, and would have driven everyone crazy for six months. I thought it was fun. I thought it was really fun and. It's big action. It's over the top, but it's exciting. It's the kind of thing you're sitting on your couch going, "Wow, I don't, I don't know what's happening next." You, you just don't have any idea, and that's what's that's not a really fun thing about it. Another yeah. long one. This is also 85 minutes. The last one was 85 minutes too. Mm-hmm. Almost feature length. So let's do ratings out of five. Ratings. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a four. A four. I would give it a four as well because I really liked it, but I don't necessarily think I'm going to revisit this one a lot. I'm now I'm curious to watch the Japanese version or the Japanese dubbed version to see. I am I am curious about that as well. I so I would say like it's uh, you know my fives would be like the Wonder Woman movie, yeah, and uh, Gods and Monsters. I think I'm going higher. I'm going four point five. All right. You know, I, it's interesting you point out whether or not you're going to revisit this, Paul. I probably will never revisit this, but it was—I sure. no, like, no, no, I had my moment with it, and that was fine. And no, I think that's absolutely 
that's totally reasonable. Um, yeah, I sure. think I think it's a it's a, it's a it's a real fun event to sit down and and watch. And um, I think it would be it, 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 I would like to see this with an audience actually. Like if if they ever showed it at like a convention or something. I oh, this would have been great. Fun. I think they probably just, premiered a show somewhere. Um, yeah, to see audience reactions. I think. Yeah, I, I think I'll, a lot of these movies would benefit from that kind of experience. And this this played theatrically in Japan. Right, that's um, right. So it's it's interesting. We 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 watch these and typically we're just you know watching them alone or like sometimes I've watched these on my laptop and it's just, you know that doesn't do them, you know, their their due diligence. So uh, that's that that's an interesting wrinkle in it, I guess. But but yeah, I, no, I think I think this is this is a strong four for me. It's really refreshing. Um, it's def it's definitely a standout. And I like that they're trying new things and align themselves yeah. to take different. For, do different versions. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing in the comics to do different versions, but it's nice that they're actually allowing the animation side to do different things, not just a straight-up Elseworlds story like Batman, Gotham by Gaslight, but also... We've chastised them sort of uh, for playing it safe a lot of the times or, like, not, you know, uh, always doing a Batman story or always doing a Superman story. You know, I I think we were discouraged when they, you know, they basically said they were not going to do a Batgirl. Right year one kind of thing and like come on like try try different things and this is them trying completely different out there things and so uh i'm fully supportive of that so i say check it out it'll be on i'm sure it'll be on netflix like all the all the films are um but or rented on itunes it's it's a fun watch for sure sit back have a drink watch the movie it's a good time you go to fanboy.com you can find a post for this show you can tell us what you thought of this you can tell us if you watch the japanese version Maybe tell us how the story sounded different because it was different. Maybe you watched them both and you can tell us more in depth how it was different. I'm very curious to find out. And we'll be back in August for The Death of Superman. That's when the next animated film comes out. That's in August. August feels like it's a long way off, but I also feel like as soon as we hang up the Skype call and I walk into the next room, it's going to be July. So Yeah. Yeah, that's you fun, know, right? I feel like the pacing of these has been has been pretty good. I know they're all. I, I don't know if we're going to look at it, but there's also I think they're doing a Lego Aquaman movie. I saw that in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched the trailer. It looked kind of dry, uh, but um, <laughs> but oh. if Aquaman's dry for an hour, he'll die, Paul. It and it's and you know it's not. Jason Momoa, Aquaman. It's it's very traditional uh, super friends kind of yeah. <laughs> Aquaman. Wait, let's and, call it that. Let's call it Tom Caters versus Jason Momoa's Aquaman. There's a little bit of Lego fatigue on my side of the table. Sure. I mean, I think I felt it with Lego Batman. I was just like, okay, let's put these in the shelf for a while. Mm -hmm. But they keep coming out. They did a Flash one. So, but we'll be back for the Death of Superman film, the first remake in this line of animated films. That'll be in August. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Ryan. Sayonara! Wir sind von weit her.